welcome listeners um, back to the Poolside Pass Parent Podcast and this is episode nine. Um, this week we welcome our guest Ian Thwaites, the CEO of Level Water, the UK's only swimming charity who specialise in one-to-one swimming lessons for children with physical and sensory disabilities. Before we begin our topic, just a quick word from our supporters, Streamlined. Become a qualified swimming teacher with Streamlined in as little as six days. Learn at your own pace and be guided by our expert tutors. You can do your training face-to-face, online in real time or a combination. Assessment can be in your club using videos or attending one of our assessment venues. We offer tailored, high-quality support. Quote the poolside pass for an extra 10% discount. Our main topic today is uh, ensuring every child has the opportunity to reach their potential. Uh, Welcome. Good morning, Ian. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for uh, for coming on. Um, Perhaps we just start with sort of perhaps an introduction and and, um, the the problems that that Level Water solve in this this area. Yeah, for sure. So... um... We've, it's funny, we still feel quite young, but we've been doing this for seven or eight years now. And um, I mean, ultimately, the, the, the problem we solve is that disabled children are much less likely to play sport. Um, I guess in all of that, the word play is almost the most important to us. That, you know, we, we have an absolute passion for sport. We believe in the power of sport. And, you know, we, we really started the charity because, you know, I guess I feel that I am who I am today because I played sport as a child. Our chairman very much feels the same way. And you know, very early on in our, our days of sort of working out what we were going to do and, and how we were going to help disabled children learn to swim, um, we had a kid called Joshua who we got into the pool in Wandsworth. And one of our teacher trainers, Michelle Weltman, who has a huge background in, in disability, learned to swim and coaching. Um, she got in with him and, and Joshua was in a powered wheelchair. So he has fairly limited movement in one arm and one leg. Uh, and honestly, before then, I really hadn't seen many children that disabled, which speaks volumes in itself, just that they're, they're not there. They're, you know, they're not out in public. They're not involved. They're not doing things in, in the way that you, that you would hope they would be and that everybody else is. Yeah. And I guess the thing that shocked me about Joshua was, was just kind of how passive he was waiting in his chair for for someone to help him and that his whole life is is like that but then when we got him out of his chair and got him into the water and Michelle supported him and got him on his back he relaxed Mm. and watching that was incredible and then she asked him if he could kick a bit and asked him if he could pull a bit with with his other arm and he starts doing that and Michelle starts walking backwards still supporting him and then she let go and it was a teacher training session. So I was on poolside. We had 10 other teachers on poolside. It was the first time we'd done it. Yeah. Everybody just had their hearts in their mouths. And you see Joshua keep going, kick, 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 and then just gradually start sinking. And until eventually his mouth and nose go underwater and a few bubbles come up. And Michelle looked very closely at him, but didn't help him. Mm. And then a few seconds later, he pops back up. And I said to her afterwards, how did you know? How did you know not to help and to let him 
kick a bit harder and work his own way back up to the surface. What did you see in that moment? Mm. And all she said to me was determination. Yeah. And it was that second that I was sold that, you know, we, this is exactly what we felt in sport and being able to give children like Joshua that kind of opportunity and, and you know, the magic of being in water and being weightless and relieving pain. And, you know, it all just ties together so naturally as yeah. something that it feels like the right opportunity to, to give to children. Um, and so, so it's those unique benefits, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's completely unique benefits of the water. There's there's a magic to the water. And I think, you know, anybody who swims you know, right now in, in the middle of um, kind of coronavirus lockdown and no one can swim and you start to realize how important it is to you and the feeling and, and what a part of your life it is. So, um, no, I mean, what we do now is, is that we provide one to one lessons for children with physical disabilities or hearing and visual impairments with the aim of teaching them to swim and helping them move on into group swimming lessons. Mm -hmm. And, and um, why do you think there perhaps are still barriers to swimming for disabled children? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was interesting to us when we started working on this to, I guess, to realize that actually it's, it's just not that simple. Um, so, you know, without wanting to oversimplify, um, group swimming lessons are often not um, either effective or safe for children with disabilities and you know that applies to children with learning disabilities or, or on the autism spectrum as well um, and you know there's, there's thousands of different reasons for that it's individual very often the kids we work with just need a little bit more attention or a little bit more support uh, to develop and to learn to swim uh, well not to learn to swim and you know, I guess, why is this not being solved? Is that a group swimming lesson costs six pounds, a one-to-one -one swimming lesson costs 20. And so, you know, whether you are um, a, a, you know, an operator of a council swimming pool, whether you're a private swimming school, um, they, you know, there is a financial burden there. And, you know, those people should be providing a reasonable adaptation for a disabled child, but, yeah. I think the breadth of what reasonable means is huge. I think the, the pressure those guys are under um, to try and keep their businesses running and working is huge. Yeah. And the, you know, finding the right solution for, for a thousand different kids with different needs is really complicated. So, mm. you know, I think there's, there's a huge opportunity for a charity like us to come in and focus on, you know, that one very small part of what they do and to do it really well. Yes. Help solve that problem for you know, for the swim schools who want to be doing it and for the pool operators who want to be doing it, um, but helping them do it well and, and kind of giving them a solution in a box. Mm. And you take them from, obviously, from obviously their first time in the water up to perhaps sort of ensuring that they swim around sort of 15 metres. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, ultimately our aim is to is to help those children integrate into group swimming lessons if that's what they want to do. Um, not every child will. And I'm sure vastly more of our children could than we're succeeding with at the moment. You know, we've got so much more to learn and to improve. Um, but, you know, our aim ultimately is to have those children included. And we're not trying to um, trying to exclude them by putting them in one to one lessons. Mm. the one-to-ones is to get them into the groups uh, yes. and so 
you know, I suppose it's, there's we kind of, we have a lot of kind of optimism and, and positive energy about saying we believe that the vast majority of these kids can learn to swim, but actually the right time to go into a group is the earliest point at which you can go into a group and succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, thank you for that. Um, you work, I mean, partnership with um, obviously many local leisure providers. Um, could you perhaps just sort of expand on the types of organisations and, and how perhaps others can get involved with Level Water? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's really two different ways. So, you know, the, the first is almost closed invitation that we have very close relationships with three big pool operators. So we work with GLL or Better Leisure. We work with Everyone Active and we work with PFP Leisure. And with those three, we have um, 10 or 20 pools that we work with them around the country. We have conversations with them now about how we open the next 20 or the next 50 with them. Um, and we have integrated computer systems and processes. You know, they can run reports on our swimmers. We're almost at a point with those guys that I can see a weekly progress update on every swimmer that's swimming with them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in, in that respect, we, we want to build closer and closer relationships with them. Um, and we would like other operators like them to come and build close relationships with us. Yes. Um, and I guess inevitably there's a spectrum amongst those operators from those that are more commercial to those that are more charitable. And it's easier for us to work with you know, people who, who share our values. That said, we've been around long enough now that I guess um, we're starting to have a bit more influence. Perhaps the landscape around disability swimming and disability sport is moving anyway. And so we do have more of those kind of people um, approaching us, asking questions, wanting to get to know us better. So that's really positive. And I guess that's that's the second part of this is that um, there's also people who approach us. So um, you know, whether it's private swim schools or council leisure operators, um, you know, the, the, the barrier is that we pay for lessons at cost. Mm. So, you know, normally a one-to-one -one swimming lesson costs about £10 to deliver and is charged out at about £20. Yeah. So, you know, we will pay 10 We'll cover the cost of the teacher. Um, and so as long as a, a pool operator or a swim lesson operator is, is happy with that and, you know, believes this is good work and wants to do this kind of work and ultimately sees the value in engaging with their community and more disabled children. And, and you know, it's, it's not a hard argument. You know, these people... No, no. All of them share our values and want to find a way to make this work. Yeah. Um, but if they've got space in the pool, if they've got available teachers, then we can make it work. Um, I mean, we've just been, we've just set up a partnership with a, a swim school called In at the Deep End. Up in, I want to say up in Darlington, I'm probably yeah. Gateshead, don't quote me. <laughs> but, um, you know, they just share our passion and, and Mark McNichol, the guy that runs it, phones up and said look i'm already teaching 100 children with autism every week um and actually if you can help me start teaching children with physical disabilities and to do that better we'd love to work with you and you know it's a very easy conversation and yes. we're that is fantastic that the word is just spreading throughout the throughout the uh uk well, um, it's 
we um we, we had a kid in the very early days called Morgan who he was at our first pool in, in London and they moved to um the new forest <laughs> and so we phoned the, the pool where they had moved to and said look this is what we do we'd love to keep Morgan on his journey of learning to swim and we don't want to stop helping him just because he's moved mm. and at the time we only worked at one pool so this was our second pool um and you know it was it, was, it took a bit of setting up but they agreed with the principal of what we were doing. We kept teaching Morgan. And a few months later, his mum sent us back a photo of him surfing. And wow. he, Fantastic. You know, he was still learning to swim, but having yeah. moved down there and continued supporting him, he joined the local surf lifesaving club. His brother was a member and uh, yeah, they were away. Wow. Well, that, I mean, we'll come on to that self-esteem and, and confidence of, of what you, you bring um, um, later, but that's a super, super uh, story. Um, yeah, I mean, really, I'd like to ask you about sort of your aspirations, really, to help children to learn to swim. I mean, you, you covered it a little bit uh, and everything else, but is there any, any other aspirations that you perhaps would like to... Uh, disseminate yeah for sure i mean this is this is something we've been working on a lot more in the last year um not least because learn to swim or we taught a child to swim is like this vast continuum that's probably two years long mm. what do we mean by learn to swim is it sort of struggling across a pool kicking on your back is it swimming a length of front crawl and backstroke with good side breathing you know and, and, and the gap between those two things is probably two years yeah. so you know, we've, we've used learn to swim as shorthand for a long time. And I think we're realizing it's less and less useful as, as a definition or, or as a goal. Um, and so we're trying to be more specific. And I guess w what we've realized is that we, we do things and we believe in creating you know, changes and outcomes for kids at four different levels. So the first thing is that they attend our lessons. And just by attending our lessons, they're active. Once a week, they get out of the house and they do something physical. Yeah. The next step is that they improve. And, you know, ultimately the outcome of improving week by week, if we work with them for long enough, we do, is that they learn to swim. Mm -hmm. Now at the moment, we reckon about half of our kids are ultimately learning to swim. Yeah. I don't think that should be 90%. You know, I believe if you went and looked at those kids one by one and really said, is it possible for this child to swim independently? the vast, vast majority should be able to. So we're doing a massive amount of work there. You know, we're, we're going to test whether intensive classes work better, you know, mm -hmm. doing lessons in a week over a half term. Yeah. Uh, we're going to test whether coming twice a week works better and whether that's better to do two lessons or to do one lesson and then come and play. And we're going to set up kind of Sunday social sessions for kids to come <laughs> So that's, that's the second level is, is improvement in learning to swim. And that's where we're really, really focused at the moment. Yeah. Um, the next step is that you continue. And that means that a child would move into a group swimming lesson of some sort. And after that is that you go to the club and you yes. might join a swimming club and go on to compete. And I suppose the, the ultimate outcome of that, and while it's not our core aim for the vast majority of our children, is that because we are teaching the vast majority of disabled children in the country who are learning to swim, mm. and we're interested in them continuing and joining groups and joining swimming clubs, we expect ultimately we will produce the vast majority of the British Paralympic swimming team. 
Yes, yes. So, you know, that's not the core aim. Um, and I suppose the point is we really see value at every level. We see value in kids coming and being active. We would love them to learn to swim. We hope many of those will go on to continue swimming in swimming groups and, and some will want to compete in swimming clubs. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, we will set targets at each of those levels for what we believe we can achieve and how much we want to improve. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess one other thing worth mentioning is that you know, we, we are talking at the moment about children with physical disabilities or hearing or visual impairments. We absolutely have the aspiration to help children with all disabilities. Mm -hmm. We're talking to some of our big partners at the moment about being able to do that. So we're not yeah. there yet, but we would love to be having that same conversation about a child with Down syndrome or a child with autism. Yeah, yeah. Fabulous, fabulous. Um, I mean, we talked about the broader benefits of, of swimming a little bit earlier. Um, 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 and, you know, that, that the confidence and those life and, and perhaps character skills that come from um, swimming um, are, are, are really a, just so enduring, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it's, I suppose it takes us back to where we started the conversation that, you know, I, I feel and our chairman feels that we are who we are today because we played sport as children. Mm. And, you know, while we really, you know, we, we're very, very focused on teaching children to learn to swim, perhaps the ultimate thing is, is character and emotional well-being. And, you know, we, we have a lot of words that we use as, as shorthand for, for that. But we're talking about developing self-esteem and confidence and resilience and actually, you know, sport being a, a, a fabulous place to to build some of those skills. Um, I was speaking yesterday to uh, one of our one of my colleagues who taught a child, Liam, to swim at the Olympic pool, the London Aquatic Centre. Yeah. And she said, you know, it's just the highlight of his week. He arrives and he literally runs to the pool. And, you know, we're desperately trying to stop him running to the pool. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it means so much to him. And if we can capture a little bit of that essence and really, you know, we can be more deliberate about how you develop those character skills and how you help children develop skills of emotional well-being and resilience that that will serve them through the rest of their lives then we can make a bigger difference for those kids so complete foundation yeah exactly exactly and we, we've just started working with a psychologist from great ormond street who spends her entire day you know working around great ormond street with kids going through these really difficult times helping them build resilience and confidence and self-esteem and we're working with her to see how we can develop a, a similar system that will test with some of our kids where they'll basically set goals for their swimming lessons and have conversations with their teachers about what they want to achieve. And then, you know, you, you really develop these skills by setting a goal that's a bit outside of your reach, working gradually towards it each day and each week, celebrating little successes and then setting another goal a bit outside of your reach. And that process is what happens in a swimming lesson anyway mm. all we've got to do is be a little bit more deliberate about it and and help the child capture those skills and apply them in the rest of their lives 
Yes, no, uh, couldn't uh, couldn't agree couldn't agree more. It's that you know access access for all. Um, um, inclusion twenty twenty um, and you know swimming review of of the projects that are uh, due to be happening this year. Perhaps you can just um, uh, in, enlighten our, our listeners on, on Inclusion 2020, uh, please, Ian. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I haven't been hugely involved. We've been a little bit involved at the start. And I, I speak to Vicky Wells at the Youth Sport Trust, who is, is central to the project um, from time to time. And, you know, I think the, the point, as I understand it, of Inclusion 2020, as it relates to swimming, is about saying that children with special educational needs, um, children with physical disabilities um, should be included in school sport and in school swimming. Now, I think we all know that school swimming comes with massive barriers, you know, and actually often the barrier is we haven't got a pool, we can't afford a bus, you know, they're they're very kind of big logistical barriers. Takes too much time out of the curriculum. Exactly. And so, you know, schools are fighting and fighting with this because they know it's a great thing to do for kids and they want to meet the, the national curriculum standard of teaching children to swim a length by the time they leave primary school. Yes. But it's a struggle, and it's a struggle for, you know, a lot of schools with a lot of children. If you then add in a layer of children with disabilities and educational needs, it's another layer of complexity on top of a, a difficult problem. Yeah. So what Inclusion 2020 is doing is, is looking at that problem and saying... You know, we understand this is a challenge. Let's actually work with five regions around the country and pick some schools and start looking at what their problems are and how we can address them. And I think for me, the thing that's really come out of the last year of that that's that's really valuable is case studies, is that they're starting to paint pictures of, you know, here's a school, here's a problem, these are the barriers, this is how they're overcoming them. So, you know, they're starting to develop a pack of resources. They're working with a company called Swimpix, who develop um, resources for children with autism. And obviously, visual aids are really helpful for all kids and more so for many children with autism. So they're working with Swimpix um, to use some of their packs and their other resources. They're looking at different barriers at the swimming pool, which might, you know, it's things like, I need a flat bed to get changed. Well, actually, use the one in the first aid room if we don't have a disability changing room. So that kind of, how do you work around barriers? Um, one of the big things that's come out is teacher training, and that's training both for swimming teachers at the pool and school teachers who are bringing the kids to the pool and often do get involved in the swimming lessons because they need to. Yeah. Um, and then they also have a kind of assessment questionnaire, which then just walks you through all of the barriers that you may face and helps a school and a pool identify what those problems might be and how they might overcome them. So, you know, I think for me, it sounds like they're getting some really good clues as to how some problems are being solved in some places. Yeah. Uh, they've got some indication that they're managing to increase the quality of lessons for some kids. Um, you know, they're not at a level where they can measure kind of a numerical change of actually are more disabled children swimming. And I think for me, that would be a great focus to add. But when you're working with an entire region, it's a pretty big challenge. 
Mm. Um, but, you know, ultimately, wouldn't it be great if the outcome of this project is that you could say, you know, more disabled children are accessing high quality school swimming lessons than were before. So I love the ambition and I think they've had a great first year. They've been funded to go for second year and and get more into that question. So, yeah, I mean, just couldn't be more supportive of their work. Fantastic. The the um, I presume that that leads us nicely on to sort of our last question, really. And, and you know, this is uh, presumably part of building on that Paralympic legacy from 2012. Well, exactly. I mean, funnily, we started in 2012. Um, that's when we set up the charity. It was a total coincidence. It could not have been a better time to start working disability sports. I think, you know, just you, me, the average person on the street, our awareness of, um, you know, athletes with disabilities and, you know, how fascinating and fabulous it is to watch them competing at the top level you know, every ticket sold out for the Paralympic Games. It's the first time that's ever happened. Mm. And it just feels that ever since then, there has been a groundswell of understanding and support and belief in, you know, first and foremost, just doing the right thing, giving everybody fair access to sport mm. and understanding how important that is. And so, you know, I think for us, our version of that is is giving kids a great start in sport, giving them opportunity. I think people often talk about building habits. I guess for me, you know, I think at our best, we're, we're trying to build passion. You know, it's not just a sporting habit. I go to the pool every week. It's that I want to. It's that I love it. <laughs> you know, that this is kind of my escape of the week. Um, yes. And for an awful lot of adults who swim, that is why they do it, whether they swim indoors or out and warm or cold or race or mm-hmm. slow or it's because it is their escape and their passion. And so I suppose for me, you know, that, that Paralympic legacy for us um, makes all of our work easier. It means that the country understands what we're trying to do in a way that perhaps might have taken a little bit more explaining before. Um, but, you know, we're, we're bold and we're adventurous and we, we want to go out and build you know, a better and more exciting future for the kids that we're working with. Um, and we can see that future and we're on a path to building it. And I think, you know, there's an awful lot of other organisations like us around the country who are on the same journey at the same time. And isn't it a really you know, beautiful, positive thought that we're all out there trying to create that better opportunity for all those kids together? completely at that sort of um, uh, seamless and contiguous working together um, to, 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 to build on that legacy is, is absolutely tremendous. Um, and, you know, the access for all, um, building a child's confidence in and, and out of the water. Um, perhaps you could just summarise, if you wouldn't mind, Ian, um, really that access for all really and what you're trying to um, and what you have already um, achieved yeah for sure I I guess I haven't actually talked to to what we've achieved Um, (laughs) but you know it's absolutely our ambition that um, disabled children in the UK are as likely to learn to swim as children without disabilities Mm -hmm. and you know that's that's not a massive ambition 
you know, that feels like something that an organization of our scale can achieve. You know, we're, we're talking about tens or hundreds of thousands of kids, but we're starting to build a system to do it. We now work across 90 pools in the UK. We're teaching 500 children every week. We work with 300 teachers. We've actually done online training for 100 teachers in the last two weeks. Um, and, you know, it feels like we're not a long way away from, from working with maybe 2,000 children a week. So, you know, I, I suppose access for all is, is certainly where we start. I guess the question for us is then, how do we take it from access? You know, we, we are giving a child a swimming lesson, we're helping them get in the water, to building the most positive experience we can around that swimming lesson. You know, how do we increase the quality of that lesson? You know, something we're, we're almost uniquely focusing on is, is how quickly we can teach a child to swim and you know, what we can do to influence that. Um, but if we can give them really high quality swimming lesson, maybe wrap around that a really high quality experience of, of helping to develop their emotional well-being and character strength, and then set them on a path where they do have a passion for sport, they are active and healthy, they have character skills that will serve them through the rest of their lives, then you know, maybe for some of those kids, we can change their course in life. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't that a wonderful ambition to have? In- incredible, incredibly uh, wonder, wonderful ambition to have. And, um, you know, it, uh, just listening to what Level Water have achieved and how they've sort of, say, from a standing start of, you know, from 2012 and, and what you've done to sort of power your way to, to lead um, in specialising in those one-to-one swimming lessons for children with physical and, and sensory disabilities is um, utterly incredible. And um, um, it's, I just hope it um, continues and grows and, and reaches out to all, all parts of the UK. Thank you. No, thank you so much for your support. I mean, it's, it's really lovely to have the opportunity to come and share our story. So uh, good luck to you guys. I love what you're building. And, you know, we'd love to come back on at some point and definitely deeper dive in, into a few of the bits and pieces that we're doing. No, that is um, so kind. Thank you, Ian, um, for your time. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends and family uh, for more information. Um, you can go to www.thepoolsidepass.com. Um, everybody stay safe. Thank you very much, Ian. And we look forward to having you back on soon. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.